0: This is episode two of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for help from a licensed physician or mental health practitioner. I'm your host, Anna Holden, an intuitive energy alchemist, Ayurvedic health educator, and yoga teacher, as well as the founder of Sensitivity Uncensored and the Sacred Rebellion. Each week on the podcast, I explore different aspects of living a soulful, sensitive life. I'll bring you stories of other sensitive, creative pioneers, as well as my own thoughts, teachings, and tools. This is not the beginner's guide to sensitivity. But rather, the place for sensitive souls to gather up their courage and pioneer their way into a life of personal freedom and spiritual sovereignty. Your sensitivity is sacred. Are you ready to live that way? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Anna with Sensitivity Uncensored and the Soul of Sensitivity. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different on the podcast, which is kind of funny to say since this is only the second one, but uh, for the most part I'm going to be bringing you the voices of other uh, highly sensitive, creative people um, to talk about different aspects of sensitivity and how to live this uh, sensitive, creative life. But today I really wanted to set the tone and the stage for what you can expect on this podcast and the lens that I'm coming from. I tend to do things a little differently (laughs) than um, other people who work with sensitivity. and, And there's lots of ways to work with sensitivity, which I just think is awesome because it means we can all find the place and the the place that we want to be and the flavor that we need for us so i want to just kind of lay out where i'm coming from so that you know what to expect in this podcast and if this podcast is for you so what do i mean when i talk about sensitivity Okay there are two things really that I mean when I talk about sensitivity and and to define sensitivity in the first place I'm really I'm really using sensitivity as the ability of an organism to sense and respond to the environment okay and when and, and so when we talk about sensitivity I'm mostly talking here about human sensitivity but as you'll learn in a moment sensitivity is something that most living organisms have. Okay, so two things. I'm talking about sensitivity as a human characteristic, something that we all have, and then I'm also talking about and mostly talking about high sensitivity, okay? So sensitivity as a human characteristic means that we all have the capacity to be sensitive. We are all sensitive beings, right? We all can sense and respond to to what's in our environment for the most part. And really, I I believe that sensitivity is on a scale, meaning that some of us are naturally less sensitive, some of us are naturally much more sensitive. And sensitivity is a human characteristic that we can all develop, that we can all work on. You know, just like if we're trying to become more, empathetic or more caring or more compassionate. We can work on um, becoming more in tune with our environment and, and be able to respond in better and better ways. Sensitivity, just as a general trait, is important because it helps us To have greater empathy and understanding for others it helps us to more clearly be able to understand and respond to sensation in our bodies helps us sense when there's danger around um, etc right so sensitivity this trait really is our ability to sense what's going on and respond But for the most part in my work and on this podcast, I'm referring to sensitivity as high sensitivity. And high sensitivity is a neutral genetic trait that's found in about 15 to 20% of the population, population of humans, but also other mammals. Um, Elaine Aaron is the main uh, psychologist and scientist who's been doing a lot of the research on this uh, genetic trait. Um, And you can find a lot more of the science on her uh, website, hsperson.com. And what high sensitivity really is, is a trait of the nervous system, and I would call it a nervous system advantage, that allows our nervous systems to process more information on a deeper level. So high sensitivity is a trait, a neutral trait, genetic trait, just like having blonde hair or blue eyes. It is not a pathology. It's not something that you get diagnosed with. So being highly sensitive does come with some characteristics that can be defined with the um, does, The does word. So D is uh, depth of processing. Highly sensitive people process information really deeply. O is overwhelm or a tendency to become overwhelmed because uh, they're processing so much information. E is uh, emotional. Sensitivity, so very being very sensitive to their own emotions and the emotions of others, and the S is sensory sensitivity, so being really sensitive to things that come in through the senses. So. Um, for example, I know that I have a hard time listening to loud music or loud sounds. Um, it could also be um, sensitivity to different fabrics, things against your skin, or um, having a stronger sense of smell, um, things like that. So, working with high sensitivity is what I do at Sensitivity Uncensored. I work with individuals who are highly sensitive and are trying to find their way in the world. Okay, so generally on this podcast when we talk about sensitivity we're going to be talking about the high end of the sensitivity scale where where kind of the highly sensitive people hang out um, and talking toward those of us who are either naturally uh, genetically highly sensitive or identify as very sensitive on that does does scale okay i am not talking about being easily hurt or offended when I'm talking about sensitivity. Okay, this is something that I'm, I'm finding just kind of out in the the general internets that gets confused um, sometimes. So, and this is what we, you know, we say to people, oh gosh, you're so sensitive, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but being easily hurt or being easily offended is not necessarily a characteristic of somebody who is genetically highly sensitive, okay? It can be, it can be a characteristic of someone who is highly sensitive, but it isn't necessarily. Being easily hurt or offended is a function of our psychology, how we think about ourselves in the world, our subconscious patterns and beliefs and how we were raised. It's not a physiological trait. Okay, high sensitivity is a physiological trait. It's how our nervous system, our central nervous system is programmed. Being easily hurt or offended speaks more to psychological aspects of ourselves, like our, our ego, the stories we tell ourselves, um, our early childhood history. So when I talk about sensitivity, I'm not talking about how easily offended you are. In my work with highly sensitive people, I found that there are a lot of commonalities. Um, Besides that DOES acronym, there are a lot of characteristics that highly sensitive people share, okay? Highly sensitive people, we tend to be very creative. Uh, We tend to be more intuitive. We tend to be big thinkers and have a really, really rich inner life. We can be naturally empathetic. Um, sometimes even empathic, meaning that we can really feel the emotions of others and sometimes take them on as if they're our own. We are often natural caregivers and we can have challenges setting boundaries because our nervous system is so big and taking in so much it can be hard for us to understand uh, how to differentiate between what is ours and what somebody else's and and, and how to set that boundary in a really kind way. Us highly sensitive people can be more uh, sensitive to pain, um, both in physical pain and also in emotional pain. And so our deep feelings, not only are we experiencing emotions deeper, but then they can also feel uh, more painful than others. So. Learning to work with emotions um, and work with emotions very well uh, is something that we'll probably be talking about because it's really, really critical well, for everyone, but particularly critical for highly sensitive people. And so when we talk about these characteristics, the creative, the intuitive, the big thinkers, the rich inner life, you would kind of get a picture that a lot of these things kind of happen up in, up in the head up in the head or in the mind, right? Creativity, ideas, thinking, you know, all that kind of stuff happens kind of up in the upper part of the body. And there there are very subtle characteristics, right? Meaning that highly sensitive people are very, very good at picking up on the subtle aspects of life. In fact, these are generally our natural tendencies the natural tendencies of highly sensitive people is to be aware of and to kind of live from the subtle parts of the world. Meaning that we're often much more interested in um, how a room looks or feels than maybe we are uh, the functionality of it, right? We're more interested in... Oh. where we fit in the universe, our spiritual story, than we are about how much money we can make. We can be more interested in, um, you know, the, the patterns and um, the, the puzzles that we see in interpersonal relationships and kind of figuring those out than we might be in uh, physical intimacy or having a physical relationship. The other 80 to 75 to 80, or sorry, 80 to 85% of the population are not highly sensitive. And Annie Axford of sensitiveleadership.com kind of coined a couple of terms that I'll be using a lot, where highly sensitive people, we can think of us as subtle sensors. And people who are not highly sensitive, we can think of as dense sensors because they're more interested and naturally inclined towards the denser aspects of the world, more interested in how things fit together in building something solid in how you make money and how you navigate through the physical world. Um, and just more interested in concepts of safety, security, money, um, power, um, kind of those um, just more basic day-to-day earthly things. Whereas a subtle sensors as highly sensitive people often find those things kind of perplexing or kind of boring, <laughs> or at least a lot less interesting than Oh this creative project I'm working on or oh you know I'm wondering about this theoretical concept and how it you know blah 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 <laughs> and so because most of most of humans most humans are dense sensors the world is built around dense sensing the stories that we are told about how we should operate as humans, all come from the aspect of dense sensors. So, so if you think about the typical story for how to live, right, at least in America, if you're listening in the U.S., you know, it's like, okay, you know, you grow up and you go to school, so you get kind of some knowledge and then you should get a job, so you make a bunch of money and you get really secure, you get security, and then, you know, you should probably get married, right? So you kind of check the relationship box off next. And then maybe you you, know, you kind of know who you are, you're doing well in your career, and then you um, have some kids, and then you continue working back into those dense needs serving your, your children. And it's very kind of step-by-step step, building security first, relationship next, you know, children next. And then maybe, you know, if you have the extra time, maybe you have a bit of a spiritual life. Maybe you look into who you are as a soul. Like maybe you spend time thinking about those things, but they're not included as part of that everyday story. And so what I find for us subtle sensors as highly sensitive Is that we can really feel like we are doing life wrong. (laughs) Because a lot of us look at that story and and we we really try. I mean, highly sensitive people are some of the most earnest people I know because we are really good at sensing what's expected of us. So we'll kind of look at that story and we will do our best. To fit into that story. We will go to school and maybe we'll be really perfect and we'll, uh, maybe we'll overcompensate a little and pretend we're really tough, you know, because we are actually so sensitive and, and we'll kind of try on that story. And, it, and it's like, you know, it's like trying to ski, squeeze into like skinny jeans, you know, it's like it's, you think you're gonna look like really good but it's just a nightmare to zip those things up, you know, and then you can't really breathe and you're walking kind of funny. And it's like, how do you get socks under those? So that's kind of what I think that the regular story feels like for us, highly sensitive people, because we would much rather have theoretical conversations about what life means and, like, you know, and sit around and do art or, um, um, and on a more practical level, we can have really creative solutions to problems, you know, that other people haven't figured out. And we're, we can really be also natural leaders because we're very good at sensing uh, the needs of those around us, right? We don't often naturally put ourselves in positions of power or leadership because we that's not necessarily comfortable for us. There's a lot of attention on us and we can sense that. But we're actually naturally very good at it because we can be very good with people, right? And so th- this is kind of, again, I'm setting up the starting point for this podcast. All of these things are kind of assumptions, things that when you listen here, I'm taking all of these to be true. This is who we are. And, and then the questions that I want to be answering here is like, okay, we are highly sensitive. These are our gifts, These are our challenges. How do we live from a place where we are centered in our sensitivity? How do we live there? Because we live currently in a world that is afraid of sensitivity, right? We much more commonly turn to violence than compassion. I'm trying to work, you know, it's just like, let's just, Uh, you know, crush something, blow something up, instead of how can I have compassion for someone that's different than me? How can I try to understand them and have empathy? So, yeah, we tend to live in this world that's, you know, afraid of sensitivity, afraid of, you know, how many times have you been in a situation that moved you to tears, whether those were tears of joy, whether those were tears of sorrow, and felt really uncomfortable for expressing that response, right? I mean, I'd be rich if I could, you know, have a dollar for all of the times so that that's happened to me, but we are uncomfortable with emotion. We're uncomfortable to real, vulnerable, honest responses to things in our world. And so, as highly sensitive people, we can feel just really challenged like our feelings are wrong or our feelings are too much or I hear that a lot or too much but really it's you know the world has been created by dense sensors and there's and I should say there's nothing wrong with being dense sensing like not at all Um, I'm just emphasizing um, you know dense sensing is super important because um, without the dense world, we have complete chaos, right? So, so dense sensing and subtle sensing are complements to each other, but we've been building a world that is, is too dense, too linear, too, you could say, too masculine, and we're needing more and more of this sensitivity, and I think we're all kind of waking up to the need for more sensitivity. I really believe that high sensitivity is a gift and a strength. Okay, this is the belief that this podcast and my work is based on. I do not believe that your sensitivity is a curse. I recognize that high sensitivity comes with challenges, just like any trait, right? I have blue eyes. That's a trait that I have. That means that my eyes are actually more sensitive to the sun. So the challenge that I have is being conscious of, you know, carrying a pair of sunglasses and protecting my eyes. High sensitivity comes with its own challenges. A lot of the times its challenges are around overwhelm, becoming too overstimulated, too overwhelmed. A lot of times the challenges um, are when we take on too much of somebody else's pain, emotions, negativity, when we take on too much of others. And sometimes the challenge can feel like no one else in the world is reflecting back to you your reality. Here's the other thing that I notice in high sensitivity is that as subtle sensors, we are picking up on the aspects of the world and our environment that most people aren't picking up on or that most people don't find important. And so as we move through the world noticing what we naturally notice, it can feel sometimes like our reality is not valid because it's often not reflected back to us from most people. It's really only when highly sensitive people get together, that there is this sense of like, oh, you see the world the way I see the world. And yes, we can, you know, relate on this level. And it's not that there's not opportunity for great exchange between dense sensors and subtle sensors. This is where actually the magic happens. But particularly when we're young, when we're growing up highly sensitive in a dense sensing world, we can just feel like we are super odd. <laughs> really weird, too much. The, the magic sparkly unicorn, the you know, the black sheep, whatever it is you want to call it. And so we can kind of grow up with this sense of otherness. right? And so the work that I do and this podcast is to change that sense of otherness from a negative to a positive. High sensitivity is a gift and a strength. And that is the starting place of this podcast. So besides this episode, we're not really going to be hashing out the basic details of sensitivity. That's why I'm talking to you today. We're not going to be you know, lamenting the challenges, although we will be helping to find solutions to the challenges. We will be assuming that you understand and are ready to embrace your sensitivity for the gift that it is. So if you're listening and you're highly sensitive and you're hating the fact that you're highly sensitive and you want to get rid of your sensitivity, I'd invite you to keep listening, but really we're starting in the place that, all right, I've got the sensitivity, I know it can be awesome, let me learn about how. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how to live a sensitive, creative life in a harsh world. And we're going to be doing this through that lens of subtlety. Like I said earlier, highly sensitive people, we tend to kind of live on that subtle end of the spectrum and notice those aspects of life. And, and we need those. Those are actually psychological and physiological needs that we have to recognize and have validated the subtle aspects of our life. So a lot of the conversations we'll be having here will address those so that you can feel nourished in the way that you need to feel nourished as a highly sensitive person to live really confident, centered from your sensitivity. In this podcast, I might often start to refer to the chakra system as a way to work through sensitivity. And that's because the chakra system is a brilliant model for working either from dense to subtle or subtle to dense. I'm sure that we could go ahead and create our own model, but why do we need to reinvent the wheel when we have this really great uh, system for understanding our different needs um, and how to navigate through them? So sometimes I will use concepts from energy medicine yoga and Ayurveda like the chakra system to just give us a model for understanding this subtle world. Okay. I have a unique view of sensitivity. Okay. I've explained sensitivity so far, you know, partly from the science and partly from my unique view, but I want to take that and kind of blow it up on a global scale. So before I did what I do now, running Sensitivity Uncensored, working as an intuitive, um, teaching classes on energy medicine and and, uh, intuition development and how to manage uh, your subtle body, I was a scientist. My bachelor's degree is in resource conservation and my master's degree is in environmental science. And ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to save the planet i have a i had and still have a very close connection with the earth and so i studied for you know eight years different methodologies for studying the environment studying ecosystems and how to um, manage ecosystems for preservation and use and, and all of those things one of my favorite studies um, was, the, you know, studying different ecosystems. You know, and an ecosystem is basically just a region where we look at the connections between the different organisms and understand how they function to create that region or that system. We call that an ecosystem, okay? And there's a concept um, when you're studying ecosystems called ecosystem dynamics. And it's basically how does the ecosystem work together, Right. So you can think of that really basically like what's the food chain, you know, where are, where is there symbiosis? Where are things working together? Um, what are some of the uh, key uh, species for keeping the ecosystem healthy? And what would be the challenges um, to the, to an ecosystem? And part of ecosystem dynamics is something called indicator species. Now indicator species are the species within an ecosystem that are the most sensitive to that environment. And when biologists, scientists are looking at the health of an entire ecosystem, they monitor indicator species as an indicator for the health of that ecosystem. Okay, and when indicator species start to show signs of distress, they know that something is off. And the the interesting thing about indicator species is that they are so sensitive that sometimes they can be showing really clear signs of distress, but the scientists actually don't know what's going on in the ecosystem because these indicator species are responding to something that's very subtle, that only their very sensitive systems can pick up. I remember when I uh, was studying, I, I did this really great exploratory education up in Montana, and, and we were studying uh, a wetland ecosystem within this big, beautiful valley. And we did an amphibian survey. So amphibians, frogs, are often indicator species in certain ecosystems. And we uh, basically kind of caught and measured a bunch of frogs um, to see you know, what was going on with their, their bodies. And we found dozens of frogs with three legs, two arms, the wrong number of toes, you know, missing limbs. It was fascinating. And my professor at the time, she knew that something was wrong You know, because she'd started to see this. But they, they couldn't figure out what was wrong and so they just continued to monitor the frogs. So when I look at human ecosystem, right? How we, how we survive as humans. I believe that highly sensitive people are the indicator species of our human environment. Because we are the most sensitive. We are sensitive to what's going on in the world around us. We are sensitive to the toxins in our foods and in our waters. We tend to actually have more health problems because of them. We are sensitive to violence and to um, things that are damaging psychologically more so than others. We are sensitive to this environment. But rather than being those helpless frogs, those frogs can't do anything, we have the power to actually change our human environment. And I I actually believe that as highly sensitive people, we must do so, okay? That's my belief, you do not have to believe that, but that is the belief that I am starting with, is that the world needs highly sensitive people. And for too long, we have felt powerless, we have felt like we're doing it wrong, we have felt like we're too much for the world, and we have felt like (laughs) we're at, the mercy of the environment but we're not there's lots of advice for highly sensitive people out there to um, start to heal themselves as if HSPs need healing (laughs) Um, but to to start to heal themselves or address their sensitivity through kind of some isolation and self-care Right, the general advice is, we'll stop watching the news, stop paying attention to negativity, and just um, you know, take lots of baths, and drink lots of tea, and meditate, and do mantras, and like the world will be better because of it. <laughs> ah, so when we're first finding out that we're highly sensitive, We do need to learn about self-care. We absolutely need to learn about self-care. Because with a highly sensitive nervous system, we need more self-care than others do. Like physiologically, we need more care. So it is important that you learn the right amount of self-care for you and, and really what helps your nervous system discharge from the day to kind of recharge your batteries and keep you at a capacity for life that you know really allows you to thrive. But the problem with a lot of the advice out there, and a lot of it comes through a spiritual lens too, a lot of it is problematic because it misses this bigger point about changing the culture and changing the environment that we're in. This subject could actually be a whole tangent in itself, and we're going to talk about it more in the podcast. So I'll try to keep it a little bit short here. Yes, we need self care and we must have it, but we cannot have it at the expense of changing our world for the better and taking care of our families and communities and the whole ecosystem. Right? If the most sensitive, if the indicator species, goes and hides in a hole to take baths, that we're not creating any good change. You know, one of the arguments that I hear from uh, spiritual people all the time is, no, 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 like, if you just work on yourself, if you just meditate and you just work on yourself, the world will change. And that, you know, at the, the risk of sounding heretical, I, I believe that's kind of utter bullshit. Yes, I believe that as you work on yourself, you create, you know, it's it's an energetic shift that is subtly palpable to the rest of the world. Subtly palpable, which means that let's say you've meditated all day and you're like feeling super shiny and your aura is all fluffed and whatever. And you go out with one of your highly, one of your highly sensitive friends, and that friend notices, "What have you been doing?" You just feel amazing. I just want to, you know, snuggle up to you. Because they are subtle sensor; they can sense that change. But for the most of us, for the, for most people out there, they might notice something, but maybe not enough to change them, change their behavior, start to shift this planet, this culture into a place that is more accepting of sensitivity, that is more empathetic, that is a better place for all of us and all the people to be in. It does have an effect, but it's a very subtle effect. And what is happening in the world while you wait for that subtle effect to take place, while you hibernate in your bathtub with a bottle of wine? Right now, I have done this, right? Okay, I I have actually done this where I've kind of gone off and hibernate. I'm trying to learn self-care and I turn off the news and that's okay for a while. That's okay for a while because we have other highly sensitive people who are also doing this work of saying, I need to learn to fortify myself. I want to learn how to live the sensitive life. And you know, when, when, when times are hard, I know I can retreat a little bit because some other people are doing this work. But I really believe we also need to act in the world. And we can do that on whatever level is comfortable. I'm not saying you need to go out and be some sort of activist, but working in your family, your community, and your relationships is just as important, if not more so, than doing your own uh, personal work with your rich inner life um, that is so much fun for us highly sensitive people. Um, So I believe there needs to be a balance of both. So even though I'm taking a spiritual approach on this podcast, this is why it's called the soul of sensitivity, not the body of sensitivity, What I mean by that is let's use all our subtle information that we are naturally good at, our creativity, our intuition, our thoughts, our ideas, and let's ground those things and embody those things in the world so that they become dense, so that they become a new structure for living in the world. So, Whenever we talk about spiritual concepts here, I'll be working to ground them and create practical application for them so that there is, um, you know, so there is a sense of embodiment, so that there is a purpose in the physical world. Okay, so this means I'm fundamentally against spiritual bypassing, which again is a subject for another podcast, but this is when we use spiritual information as an excuse not to address the problems in the human world. We are not going to do that in this podcast. And in fact, I'm going to kind of rail against doing that. This also means that this podcast believes that spirituality and the subtle world are not escapes, but rather the place where we gather the most wisdom. This is like our, our jam. This is our wisdom place. And this is where we gather the wisdom for what lays ahead, for, what, for the work we need to do in the world. You know, whether our work is taking care of a family, um, being a parent, whether our work is, you know, working in the corporate world. Whatever it is, our spirituality, our subtle nature and the work that we do there becomes the fortification, the nourishment and the fuel for the work that we do in the world. Okay. So kind of a, a recap on that is that Learning self-care as a highly sensitive person is important, and we are going to be talking about different ways to create self-care in your life. But this is not the place that you stay. You you don't stay in that hibernating self-care place where you're completely, almost narcissistically focused on it. Like, that is a phase. That's important to actually be there. But then you want to be able to emerge from that place, learned lessons from the self-care that allow you to be stronger on, uh, in your sensitivity on a day-to-day basis. So again, that you can engage in family care, community care, ecosystem care in a very resilient way. So self-care tools should lead to resiliency, not hibernation. And that is really what this podcast is about. For show notes and resources for today, go to www.sensitivityuncensored.com forward slash soul of sensitivity. Next week on the show, I'm going to be talking to body worker and transformational coach extraordinaire, Suki Baxter. We're going to explore the ways that our inner world and how we manage our inner world affects our physical bodies and vice versa. We're gonna be talking about the tendency for highly sensitive people to be really small, to kind of make themselves smaller because uh, like I said, we often feel like we're too much. And we're gonna talk about how we can learn to take up more space in the world. I sure hope you'll turn in. Until next time, take gentle care.